Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Lakerside Chats. I am your host, as always, Alan Ramich. Brought uh, with me today is uh, co-host of Dunks and Discourse. As always, a returning guest on the show, Jabari Davis. Jabari, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good, Alan. I appreciate you having me back. We finally have some really good stuff to talk about. I know it's it's nice. It's like the Lakers are, are, are sleepwalking approximately ninety. Seven percent of the time, and what was seven and three? What a time to be alive! The entire timeline was, has been going nuts since the season started. We're about three weeks in, and as you just stated, seven and three. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's, 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 well, I'm not trying. <laughs> regardless of how you got there, you're still in. The, you're still at the top. So, well, it's it's that thing. You're like, I'll just dive into like the conversation, and that you know, I, I they put the biggest takeaway for the first ten games. That's been the biggest takeaway for me. It's like how good we've looked in spurts, like. This team and like I think Schroeder's the epitome of it. Like mm-hmm. Schroeder in cases is like, especially last night in the second quarter, it was really not trying the first like 18 minutes or so. And then when I'm gonna go on a nine or run by myself just because <laughs> I can. <laughs> it, it, it's awfully nice to have options like that. Oh, it's honestly, I don't know how you feel, but this is probably and I was saying this about the team last year. I think this team's a lot better and we're mm-hmm. seeing it because of our expectations, they're basically identical, like, statistics-wise to last year's team. We're like, hey, these guys are underperforming. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's where we are at this point of the year. You, you know, and, and it's crazy. It, it's funny because you, you asked, essentially, like, you know, the biggest takeaway from the first 10 games, and it <clears throat> it's all of what we've been saying, you know, that they're clearly still working things out. They're still working, obviously, on their defensive schemes, their rotations and responsibilities, still, you know, understandably working on the rotations and their groupings, still figuring out, you know, given the significant roster turnover and finding themselves, you know, chilling at the top of the West. Like, end of the day, it's damn, it's damn nice to have Anthony Marshawn, Davis, and LeBron James, as well as being surrounded by all of those talented pieces it honestly it is a it is a beautiful thing and the biggest like takeaway for me is apart from all that just how good lebron's been like mm-hmm. just how engaged he's been at times like last night he he didn't look 36 he, he, <laughs> it's still it's still insane to me that he is 36 years old like where where's where have 18 years gone like but the thing <laughs> is like he looks like he's about He's, I, I'd say he's still in his prime the way he's playing. It's ridiculous. I've never seen this before. Well, the, the thing that I appreciate most about his game is that if you go back and watch the highlights from, say, like 2010, 2011, it's not the, he's not that same athlete, and that's understandable given the fact that he's 36 years old. But he's you know he's just a smarter player. He's conti- he just continued to develop. And while, yes, of course, we can nitpick, and I see it on the timeline about the free throws, and, you know, that's always going to be an adventure at times. Uh, the, the reality is he just doesn't have any holes. So, like, at the very least, he's very good at something, if not being great. And, and, and you know, just, you know, simply having seen every single scenario out there, obviously that, you know, that's an advantage. But, you know, end of the day, uh, you know, regardless of his age, if LeBron James is healthy, he's still the best player in the league. And not particularly close, right? Like that's that's where I am. Like still, I mean, I, I usually don't. Yeah, you know, whether someone wants to say it's close or not, to react, you know, I, I'll take my chances with him. That's where I settle. With it. I'll take my <laughs> shot. Well, just looking at his um, field goal percentage splits this year, what he's shooting forty nine percent from the, the field, thirty mm-hmm. almost thirty seven percent from free, and seventy three point three percent. He's basically 
right at his career average in year 18. And he's it's ridiculous. He's averaging 24.6 points a game, 8.4 rebounds, 7.8 assists. He is ridiculous. Man, like, yeah, the, the, there's really not much you can add to that. He's LeBron, and he continues to be LeBron. <laughs> and, you know, like, the one thing I, I do, I, I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed the same thing before we move on to the next topic, is mm-hmm. these teams, like, they, they, they find, like, an extra three years when they play the Lakers this year. And I sort of forgot, like, that championship. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, we're the champions. Like, this is what teams do against us every night. It's nice. <laughs> it, it is. It, you, know, you know, you remember back in the day, the Bobcats used to get them every single year, at least a game, if not two, and, you know, teams like that. Because the reality is a lot of those teams are not going to the postseason. And even if they go to the postseason, they know they're not really going anywhere. So on a night where the Lake, you know, were not just the Lakers, but the world champion Lakers roll into town and, you know, no offense to folks that get offend, you know, to get all up in arms about calling them the world champions instead of the NBA champions. But when the world champs roll into, you know, roll into town, that's their playoffs. That's their, you know, that's their, you know, single night title. So you're going to get random nights where, you know, Keldon Johnson hits like seven threes or, you know, whatever, or, you know, you know, player X hits, you know, goes off and goes crazy. It's going to happen. And if you're the Lakers heavy as the head, you know, heavy as the head that wears a crown, you just got to be ready for that on, a, you know, on a night, night in and night out basis. And I think that's where the, the really deep team comes in because it's like literally the Jared Dudley came in last night and <laughs> was really, really good, even though he's about 30 pounds. And I love Duds. Like if Duds mm-hmm. is listening, I love you, Duds. I, I, you stay 30 pounds overweight as much as you want. Like <laughs> that's where I'm at. But like and it, it, he's a he's a legit contributor. Like he can legit still play NBA basketball. And what he's our twelfth guy. D- Dad bod duds is the man. He's an inspiration for all of us with dad bods <laughs> and beyond. I, I, he's out there playing NBA basketball for a you know for a title contender and a title defender. I'm not mad at him. And, but you're no, honestly to you know to that point and, and jokes aside or smiles aside, it is it is quite impressive when a guy like Duds gets in the game and it and it you know, it immediately makes an impact. Honestly, especially looking the way that he looks because. Because it's not, and I'm not in any way you know being disrespectful. Because like mm-hmm. does could you know outperform me physically in, in any day, oh, you know, like in any of these guys, of course. But the reality is, comparatively, you know, compared to the guys that are out there on the court, him being that effective, you know what? I'm going to take him as our late, you know, late career Boris Diaw. Shout out to you, Duds. <laughs> he can drink all the espressos and drink all the wine that he wants. As far as I'm concerned, all he, of- he, like honestly, it, I, I, if I if I'm the Lakers, I'm like Duds. However long you want to be in the league, you've got that 15th roster spot. Like I don't care. Just like how Miami do it with, with Haslam, I, I think he's that important. Yeah, and, and and honestly, even beyond the stuff, you know, when, when he makes a nice little play on the court or or, or, or mm-hmm. you know does something that's smart, it's obvious the impact that he has on that team. It's obvious the impact that he has with those players. Dennis Schroeder, if I'm not mistaken, actually came out and commented about it after the game. Yeah, you know, when asked about it. it, it is nice to have guys like that. And it's honestly, it's gravy on top of a meal if they actually get in and, and contribute. Exactly. No, no pun no intended with the gravy either. <laughs> <laughs> We love you, Duds. Eat all the gravy you want. Absolutely. <laughs> Get it. But, you know, we, we, we've been uber, uber positive and, you know, obviously there's a reason why. I, 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 you know, there is negatives to take out of this year as well, obviously. You know, we're not a perfect team. We're, I think we are going to be a juggernaut by the end of the season, but we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, what's wh- Where do you think this team is sort of lacking? Who's been disappointing to you thus far? You know, um, there, there's... there's 
there is things here or there, but I, I, I don't know whether it's just lethargy and they're not trying or whether it's just that a certain player, I'm going to mention him later, it's just... Mm-hmm. He's just not good anymore, and it's a shame. (laughs) (laughs) I think I know where you're going with that. Well, honestly, I wouldn't necessarily, or at least for me, um, through 10 games, I wouldn't say Mm -hmm. that it's an individual player that's necessarily worried me. Although, you know, admittedly, it would be nice to have West see a few games where a few jumpers go through, you know, a few consecutive games where where some jumpers will fall for him. But the reality is this. there's I anticipated, one, I anticipated the, the mainstays to kind of like take a step back, not necessarily, you know, take games off, but, you know, Give it, give it the seventy-five percent effort, you know, when they could, and then turn on the gas when you know, when needed. I expected that. So when you have that, you know, dynamic plus all of the new players, plus you know them trying to figure things out, and you know, you know, kind of as I, you know, as I laid out, uh, you know, to the biggest takeaway, all of those moving parts. This isn't necessarily you know shocking to me. Um, there, you know, have there been plays where I'm like, hey, what the hell's going on there? Yes, of course, but you know, the, the guys are still figuring things out. So ultimately, if we're, you know, if, if we're at the same exact place, and you know, regardless of what the record is, if we're at the same exact place in terms of like, you know, coverage being blown and you know, guys looking lost and you know, some guys not being able to get going, say forty games from now, th- there may be concern, and I'm sure that we'll talk around that time, and you know, we'll see where we are. But you know, ten mm-hmm. games in, honest to God, I'm, I'm really not all that concerned, you know, you know, all that much. Even even though, yes, you're right, there are definitely things that continue to improve upon. Well, definitely. And, you know, we, we, it's it's a thing of like, you know, it's not the same team. So we can't just transition smoothly into, you mm-hmm. know, what you were doing last year. I, I wish Dwight was still around. Uh, mm-hmm. that, 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 that's probably the biggest takeaway I have. Um, not that I'm worried about not having Dwight, but I just wish that we had Dwight Howard there. Um, I think he's been really, really good for Philly as well. You know, being in a national lockdown means I get to watch more basketball than ever, and it's great. It's dope. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I, you know, to that point, um, you know, just to piggyback that, I'll, I will acknowledge this: having Dwight would have, you know, would have been a good idea because you know, even like after the very first game of the season, I said, look, I like having Mark there, and he has looked significantly better at spots after that, you know, you know, first little rough patch. But you know, my stance remains: I like having him there, but having one more big body there would be nice. Now. Folks on the timeline, you know, lamenting, you know, JaVale. And I mean, absolutely no disrespect to JaVale. I, you, you know that I like him. I actually, you know, I, I, do too. I, I like him a lot. But stop that nonsense, okay, folks? I get it, you know, rim running, whatever. But you, you, y'all remember what was going on out there. Stop it. Mark Gasol, like, I'm sorry, but the people who are saying we gave up JaVale McGee for Mark, I'm right with it. Mark Gasol is infinitely times, even at this stage in his career, I would have Mark Gasol a billion times over, a billion over JaVale McGee. And that's no disrespect to JaVale, who is a great guy. I love his vlogs. I'm so mm-hmm. happy he's doing well in Cleveland. Absolutely. Um, but, it, like, we made an upgrade there. It's just a shame that, you know, I, I understand why we haven't got a body there yet, you know, due to the hard cap and, you know, mm-hmm. waiting for further on in the season, you know, maybe someone in the buyout market becomes open that we didn't mm-hmm. expect to be open. Um, like last year with Keith, and you know I love my Keith Morris. He he's probably my favorite Laker on this team. He, <laughs> the guy's just a dog, man. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't I, I can't talk highly enough about Mark Keith. And also thank you to Steve Ballmer for paying Marcus really well, so we could get Mark Keith at the minimum. It's Good looking out. <laughs> hey, a little assistance never hurt anybody. Exactly. Um, but the the biggest worry for me, and it's not really a worry because, like you said, it's only ten games. At 25 years old, I I, I would have expected Carl Kuzma to have a certain role, a certain niche in the NBA where he, like, 
even the things he was doing well in his first two years, which was his finishing, his finishing was sublime around the rim. Like, mm -hmm. really, really good. His little jump hooks, his floater game, his runners. I thought he was really... That was, like, a, an elite part of his game. Not even just a good game part mm -hmm. of his game. I thought he was really elite. Like, that's fallen off a cliff, Jabari, like, this season. It, it has. Okay, so here's here's my honest take on Kyle Kuzma. He suffered from the, you know, from the, you know, coming into the league, playing on a bad team for mm -hmm. at the time that, you know, the organization that was not in a good place, putting up numbers and, you know, and, you know, kind of like you'll, you'll being able to play worry free. You played ball. I played ball. Any of your listeners out there that have ever played ball, you know what it's like when you're playing worry free basketball. You do mm -hmm. like those little, you know, curls and those little floaters and those little hooks and all those, all those things that you work on, they fall just a little bit more because you're not really concerned about anything. Now I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and Try to play, you know, your Dr. Davis, you know, and say like, "Oh my goodness, you can tell that mm -hmm. it's into his head." But I will say, I understand there is a difference when you are playing for something. There is a difference when you are playing alongside the greatness, mm -hmm. the, you know, that is LeBron James and you know Anthony Davis and all those other guys. So, part of me honestly worries that we have all just gotten to the place where we are just battling with expectation versus reality with him. Mm -hmm. Do I think he could go to a bad team and still put up some numbers and be comfortable and do his thing? Like, like you know, and no disrespect, but say Orlando, you know, wasn't off to the 62 start, but like, you know, say in a situation like Orlando, do I think he can go there? Absolutely. Do I think oh, ever? Yeah, so somewhere like that. But do I think you're ever going to see just like that consistent guy here on this team with this, you know, with this role? Which, if we're being honest, is kind of undefined because on one night we need him to do this, on another night we need him to do that. Mm -hmm. He may not. He just may not have that. He may not have the ability to do that. But at the same time, I also don't want to. And I know that you're not doing this. I also don't want to just make it, co you know, come down on him, and oh, make yeah, it sound absolutely. like he's just trash because he's not. He's no, out there he's competing. Not. He's just. It's one of those where it's like, why can't you be a square peg? Why can't you be a square peg? Well, because I'm a round. Because I'm a round peg. You know. No, I, I get that completely. And it's like, like I said, I'm not. I think defensively, there's been signs that he's still. I think at least serviceable on that side of things. His corner three point shooting is phenomenal. So I just mm -hmm. want to add context. I'm not. I'm not completely dogging on Kuzma. Oh, for sure. I, I'm just. He doesn't, and he. Ha, I, I don't know what it is. Like even last year, like he was up and down, mm -hmm. but he always had a certain confidence and an irrational confidence. But he always had a certain type of confidence around him, whereby you sort of expected that he wouldn't get into his own head about things. And it seems like this year, I don't know what it is. A, he's, he's got his, this is the big, if, if he was playing in a, on a contract year and he was up and down just because he wanted to get his money, I'd get that. But he's secure now. Like he's got his money saved. It's there. Like, you know, his 40 million is right there waiting for him. I, I hear you, and the security is certainly there. And you're right. It, like, it, if if he didn't get that deal, you, that would be the chatter. That would absolutely be mm -hmm. what we're talking about. But in the, the day, I really do. You know, I, I guess I. I guess I'm at peace with it because it really is to me. It's a matter of we want him to be one thing. We are like, you know what? I'm gonna quote the great Marlo. Yeah, we, we want it to be one way, but it's the other. And it just is. Mm -hmm. So, like, while if he's here and he and he's a contributor, I'll be happy for him. I still think, and I think we talked about this right before heading into the season. I still think ultimately his best, you know, his you know, the best thing for Kyle Kuzma as an individual player is being shipped off. If he's fine with being, you know, being a part of this mix and you know he contributes, awesome. But I, I do think that ultimately, you know, if if a deal you know, presents itself, you know, if something is out there on the horizon, I do think you're still going to hear his name in that. It's and, and in particular because that deal is very, you know, the deal that he received is very deal friendly. 
Well, that's what I was to say. It's made it a lot easier to trade for someone. Mm-hmm. Let's say like a like a Bogdanovich in Atlanta, who the Lakers, you know, definitely had interest in in the off season. You know, it makes mm-hmm. that a deal like that a lot more attainable. Or for let's say, even if you want to compound, let's say I'm not saying that the Lakers will have the best trade deal for a Bradley Beal, but let's say a Bradley Beal becomes available next year, like so, you know, I, I, <laughs> it's there. I'll have fun with this, and I'm going to piss some people off here, so I, I don't mind. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, Harold, and my boy, my adult son that I love so much and love dearly, THT, you can have whatever picks and whatever pick swaps you need. That could get that deal done. And to be honest with you, they should do it. Y'all can be mad oh, yeah. at me if you want. <laughs> Y'all can be mad at me if you want, but the reality is they should absolutely try to get that done. I, I love THT, and I think he, he, his potential is huge. But Bradley Beal is phenomenal. <laughs> like, you, you, so you, add, you add Bradley Beal to these boys, honestly, and, and honestly, they'd still have it. They'd still have a solid rotation. <laughs> and and really, yeah, that's a crazy thing. Yeah, it, it, it would be crazy. But anyhow, we, we won't talk about what you know the, the fantasy life. It, it would be fun though. <laughs> but but the thing with Palinka is he's brought the fantasy life into the real world. Like if someone told me that we would have had Schroeder and Harold and Wes Matthews and all Mark Gasol come in and like he's he's done such a phenomenal job. It's like and literally as long as the deal's right, Palinka's the type of guy now where I trust him. Like if he feels like the deal is right, he'll pull the trigger unless it's for LeBron or AD. He'll pull the trigger and he'll make sure that he gets that deal done. Much like I said going into the year, you know, this this coaching staff has, you know, they've earned benefit of the doubt. They've earned, you know, like, uh, my belief that they'll, you know, find a way. Same deal with Palinka in this for in this front office. I do agree with you. Uh, if, if, like I said, if, you know, if the deal's out there, and like you just said, if the deal is out there, they'll find that way. And the last, it's not even a worry. It's a, a, a fantasy of mine when we're in fantasy world. Okay, I would love and. I think I think Jason Kidd's been a really good contributor in the sense that his basketball IQ is off the charts and he can relate to LeBron really well and we've sort of seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Fingy, I wish we could get a top level assistant in an offensive mind because I think we're at the level where the Lakers' offense is what it is. I think mm-hmm. it will get more efficient in the coming to years, whereby. No, not in the coming years. They come in in the, in the next few games of the year. You know, especially when once they ramp it up, where it's become a lot more efficient and will look a lot better and a lot smoother running the offense through Mark, through LeBron, through Dennis. We've seen it already. They've started adding different aspects. Like in the first six games or so, there was barely any pick and roll with Montrez. The last four games, when Montrez is on the court, we basically almost exclusively run pick and roll with him in certain ways. Especially last night, I thought that was huge for mm-hmm. us to win the game. I thought we finally exploiting Montrez's offensive talents, which is let him hustle off out for everything and then get him in the pick and roll game. And that move he had where he just <laughs> <laughs> Montrez Harrell. Right, we're transitioning over to like who's impressed us and stuff. Mm-hmm. Montrez Harrell is I, I'm, I'm, and I'm sure you're the same belief. He was not the problem at the Clippers at all. No. 
if that guy's the problem, the problem's institutional. Like that's my biggest takeaway. The prop. Okay, so did Montrezl Harrell and and I said this before. I, I stand by it. Did Montrezl Harrell play great in the bubble? No, he didn't. A lot of things went into that. It had no, it, it it had in my estimation a whole lot more to do with everything going on there than just one individual player. I recognize the Clippers fans. They wanted to say, "Oh, look what happened." Y- y'all know damn well you're not you're not talking with your heart. You're you're not talking with your brain right there. You're talking with your heart. You wanted to just put it yeah, on yeah. Montrez. You know, like you, he may have looked bad, but so did the rotations. So did a lot of your stars so did your entire team and like one guy is not going to be a reason why you can completely bomb out in the semifinals but to your point bring it you're bringing it back to the positive with him look he's got that ugly game that dirty game that i always appreciated you know uh, you know i i i it, it's not there there are times where i'm like ah, when he put he's pulling up for jumpers but it's actually smooth like, like there's times where really like, where, where i where you know when he's doing when he's you know whirling and durling and he spins in, in the lane i get you know kind of like images of julius randall and you know, you know at his worst and it may it, it make it makes me puts me on edge but it usually works itself out end of the day you know Trez is not is never going to impress anybody you know, like you know, from a and from an aesthetic standpoint, but he's absolutely what the Lakers needed. He's absolutely you know you know that they needed that they needed more of that dog, and they got it. And and and, and to your point, you know, and a credit to the and a credit to the staff, they are they're finally starting to figure out how to best utilize him. And it, and, it, and it was on full display in that, and especially you know, down the stretch of that game. And the the the, the most impressive thing for me is last year. It was very much LeBron and AD. Mm-hmm. And then if we had a third guy contribute on any given night, it's, mm-hmm. it's great. You know, in the playoffs, it was KCP. And I'm, and I'm sure we both agreed that, you know, KCP was absolutely the third best player yep. throughout that whole playoff run. I, I don't think we have that debate anymore. I think it's so obvious that Dennis Schroeder is the next best player after LeBron and AD. And it, like I said at the beginning, where like he plays badly for, let's say, I don't know, 13 minutes. And then he goes on a 9-0-90-second run by himself where he completely obliter- <laughs> obliterates the other team's defense. And uh, having a guy like that, I- I'm-, I'm sure you... I'd- I can't think of a guy since Nick Van Exel that we've had who's A, that quick, and B, that, that pull-up jump shot, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's automatic. <laughs> it really is. It, it's absolutely, he's absolutely the best person at the position since Nick. And I put that, you know, it's funny because I put that out on the timeline and I had a couple folks saying like, you know, oh man, like it's like, you know, save your nostalgia. I love D fish. It's great. We're talking oh, about yeah. as an individual talent, Darren Schroeder is the best, you know, is the best individual talent we've had at that position since, you know, since Nick Van Exel. And it's, and that, you know what, like, as you like to say, and it's not close. <laughs> it's, it, no. it isn't. And that's okay. But no, no, um, you know, as I, I'm sure we are definitely transitioning to, you know, who's impressed. That's who I had down. Like, I you know, I kind of getting what you're expecting out of the, you know like out of the mainstays uh, like I you know I think we both agree you're probably only getting about seventy five to eighty percent on you know yeah. on most times and that's the scary part let's just go there with it that's the scary part and that's the funniest part about the folks you know on the NBA Twitter because and you know I love that back and forth and I love that discourse <laughs> but that's the funny part people you know you know nitpicking it's like guys we've we've seen this movie you know how this is gonna play out if these guys are healthy at the end and then all of a sudden LeBron and A are playing at full strength and and go and, and taking it to you, it's going to be nasty. Let me just say it. Let me just say it straight up. If the Lakers are healthy and when you get to the postseason, they're going to dog walk some teams. Dog walk. Oh, and like the biggest takeaway for me is I, I always thought the comments on Schroeder's defense were absolutely overblown. Mm-hmm. I think he's I always thought it was a good defender. I 
honestly, like for, for all the credit Avery Bradley gets for his defense, and it's warranted, I think Avery Bradley's a good, really good defender. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Schroeder's that far off. Like the, the mentality he brings, okay, Avery's a bit longer, mm-hmm. so it makes him seem a little bit bigger. But some of the intensity that Schroeder showed this year, even on guys like DeMar DeRozan, who's got a seven-inch advantage over him in height, like he, he's just been a I, – I love Dennis Schroeder. He's worth every single penny that the Lakers throw at him in February. Like yeah, That's absolutely. my belief. And, and I'm glad you stated that. Go ahead and get that deal done. Go ahead and lock that in. He seems to, he seems to play well alongside AD. They seem to get along to, you know, with, along with one another. I absolutely agree with that. Um, look. We know uh, AB as a defender, and we knew, uh, you know, Dennis as a guy that people said couldn't defend. That's really the conversation. Like, it, it's really a matter of he just has to show it more. And, you know, there, there's going to be some folks that are always going to, you know, use that as, a, as as some sort of, you know, detracting point. But the reality is this. If he gets out there and the Lakers are still within the top, you know, top five in net rating on the defensive end, I don't give a damn. Like you, you know, like, like you, like you can rank them however you want. As long as the Lakers end up continuing to defend and and continuing to learn one another and and even solidify on that end even more, uh, I, all that all that other talking is just going to be talk. And you mentioned THT earlier. I don't know if you've noticed, but the more he's played this year, mm-hmm. the more comfortable he's looked at regular NBA level. And I gotta tell you, man, if he was in the draft this year. I don't think it's a hot take to say that he would have been a top 10 pick on this type of play. Like With, I think he's that good without question, without question. If he, if he had gone the, if he honestly, if he had done two years of college, gotten in the shape in college in, in that second year, the same way he would have come out you know, and, and we, we would have never even had an opportunity to get him. Like, so I, I do yeah. want to make clear, and I know that you know this, but you know, just for the listener's sake, when I mention him being thrown in a deal, it's not because I don't think he's going to be good. It's because I think you don't get a deal done with that without him specifically because another team is going to demand him. I think like, I'm not necessarily saying superstar, but I've seen the same thing that you've seen. He's very comfortable out there. And and, and honestly, funny. the more time you give him, the better he looks. So, yeah, the, the, you know, the sky truly is the limit. And, you know, yeah, anyway, yeah, it, oh. THC is fantastic. Well, just to touch on THC because, you know, we've recorded podcasts in the Lakers side chats. We haven't really got into THC, so I, I want to dive into it a little bit more. Okay. Like, I know he's I, – I, I don't think he'll be a top 10 player, but, like, Man, like, I think he's the best 20 year old we've ever had at the Lakers, like, you know, in this bad era. Oh, like, oh, was, seven, eight years. oh, no, 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 not Kobe, not Kobe. And I'm talking about like, this second, era. we had Magic Damn Johnson. Okay, no, no, in this era, in what's felt like forever, like this <laughs> era, <laughs> it had you know what, you're right, in, in terms of like. Like quite well, quite frankly, everybody poo pooed all the twenty year olds before until they left the team, and the other, and then of course they immediately said that you know you know they they were you know good to great, the best thing ever, yeah, the you know, best thing since sliced bread, which is always going to be funny. But on it, you know, but but as a prospect at the age of twenty in year two, you, I think you, you may be right. And the, you know the worst thing is he has no left hand, and he's this good. <laughs> <laughs> he's Imagine certainly not comfortable finishing around the rim. Yeah. You're like you're, 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 anytime there's anybody there with that left, but um, 
No, like honestly, j- just give him another full season of you know working with Phil Handy, working with you know w- with the player development, Miles Simon, and you know and, and and that coaching staff, Jason Kidd, and obviously the guys that are on that team. And 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 when I say fantastic, and I say things like sky's the limit, I, I, sky's the limit, I recognize that's hyperbolic, but I really mm-hmm. genuinely do think that he can be a player in this league. It, the only the only reason why he would you know it won't be in a Lakers uniform is because if they are serious about maximizing right now, he's going to have mm-hmm. to be in something. But if he stays, yeah, I'm, I'll be very happy. I I see Ulster. I like. I, I know people going. Oh, you're a Laker fan. Of course, you'll say that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm sorry, but I see All Star potential with THT. He's six four. He's got a wingspan of seven one. He I, people go. You know, he maybe weighs a little. I don't think he weighs too much. I think for his body, I think around two twenty five to two thirty is exactly where he should be. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it gives him a. I think it gives him strength around the rim that we've seen. Uh, he's mm-hmm. he's a really good finisher for a twenty year old. Um, his jump shot is there. I think. I, like in the first few games, I think he was just very anxious. I think we saw it with the jump shot. He kept on going long a lot. And his jump shot never usually goes long, which is usually a precursor of, oh, yeah, he's just got a ton of adrenaline through it, yep. flowing through his body because he's 20 years old and playing in a regular season NBA game with LeBron James and AD. Like, it's exactly. expected. <laughs> um, but, like, THC, man, like, I, I, I'm, I'm of the mindset that, like, if he wants, like, 8 to 10 million a year at the end of this season, you give it him and you go, for four years, please, like, let's lock you in as long as we can under that it- type of deal. If if he continues like this and and he's willing to lock himself in like that, cool. But I'll be honest with you, guys these days are you know, are betting on themselves a little bit. <laughs> you know, I, obviously we'll cross that bridge. You know, like, you know when mm-hmm. it presents itself. But we'll but talk you know, about it. Yeah, no, for sure. But you know, but to your point, you're right. Like it, it. You know what? I'm I'm going to make it kind of like way back in the day to Dodgers. We, now I understand not everybody's a Yasiel Puig fan, and that's and that's okay. You know, he, he's moved on, and you know whatever. I you know, like I wish him the best. I hope he stays out of trouble. But here's the reality: the Dodgers did a very smart thing. If I'm not mistaken, they locked him in for like six or seven years at like six million a year because they basically threw the money, you know, threw the money at him early, and they had what you know in my you know in my estimation was a significantly above average you know outfielder, especially when he was locked in for a you know for a low price. So like to you know to that point, you know. If if this continues and and they see that type of potential and he's willing to get locked in like that, yeah, you do it. And I think <laughs> I, I I hate COVID. I hate this whole pandemic. I, I hope we yeah. get I hope we get out of it as quickly as possible. But I think that could be the biggest advantage to THT wanting to lock in his money long term, mm-hmm. in the sense that you know we've seen it with AD, we've seen it with all these superstars, like all the all the guys who who've signed extensions and whatnot have all gone for, you know, relatively long-term deals. Like I think in other years, I think KCP probably would have done another one plus one. If you know what I mean, I think Kuzma would have probably done another one. It would have done a one plus one. Um, you know, these guys are looking for security and hopefully it, I, I think THC will just go better and better from this point, but hopefully it'll be a case of that. We'll get to, you know, lock him in long-term and, I think he could be a starter next year. Like, I think that's how good he is. Alan, I think he could be a starter this year. It just depends on the on the mix. Oh, I agree. Like, honestly, like, um, no, but I, I, you know, point point well taken. I, I, I do agree. Um, and, and I see, I see where you're coming from. TAC, mm-hmm. look, th- think about how fun this team is to talk about. We're talking about a guy that is, you know, would realistically under, under any normal circumstances would be expected to be like the 11th to 12th guy, and we're talking mm-hmm. about <laughs> talking about him potentially starting alongside a championship cast. That's crazy. 
But well, wait a second. I thought we gave up. I thought they gave up everything. I thought they gave up the field. Gave up the future. You know, order in order to get a guy that was twenty six. But, but then, but then, but then, but then, look at Alex Caruso has become. Mm-hmm. If, if this shooting holds up, he's, I think, probably one of the most coveted free agents this year, this off season, right? Like if Caruso, I think he's if, that good. Dude, if Caruso can hit forty percent, and I know he's over fifty right now, but if Caruso can hit forty percent from deep, he's he is an absolutely an optimal three and D guard at that. You're like you're on the market. They'll keep him. There's no way they let him. Yeah. You know, they, they let him. You know, he'll get out of the mix. But and you know, it's funny. I know for a fact there's people that cringe anytime you say anything positive about Alex Caruso. Just forget. Like I, I want the listener to suspend reality for a second and just forget that he's a Laker. If the Alex Caruso were doing this for another team, for another team, another good team, and contributing like this, y'all would love him. So there we are. Well, if he was in Toronto, everyone oh, would yeah. say, "Oh, he's just, the ne- he's, he's just next in the conveyor belt of small yep. guards who are really, really good." Yep. Like, you know, we'd be we'd be Kyle we'd be Lowry. singing the size praises, and you know, instead of you know, uh, poo pooing you know what the player does. And you know, like, and as much as you know, the, I, I'm very unabashed about how much I love Masai Ujiri, mm-hmm. and you are as well. Oh, so we're not we're not we're not we're not poo pooing Masai there, guys. Just no, just no, no. That, that's, that's about the fans. <laughs> that's not about Masai. That's about the fans. I'm saying like the conversation would be different mm-hmm. because it's Masai as opposed to you know Palinka in this front office. And you know, I, I I am you know it's crazy that we've been recording for over half an hour and. We basically haven't touched on AD. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I love this team. Like, it's so great. And, you know, we've basically touched on every player. And KCP's not really played this season apart from Mm -hmm. a few games. And, you know, Caruso didn't play for a week. And AD's, you know, they're being conservative as they should be. And we're still seven and three. We're still really, really good. We still see the Clippers collapsing every time they have a twenty-point lead, which is glorious. Um, <laughs> please, God, let it continue. I, I really enjoyed the Steph Curry show last night and the Andrew Wiggins show. Shout out Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins winning me fantasy games. <laughs> Mad respect to him. Um, yeah, man, it's it's honestly, I, I am so excited about this team. Short term, medium term, long term. Like I'm walking around the inside the NBA. And I'm looking towards the future. I, I mentioned it, you know, it was it was one of the um, things like, you know, where you see the Lakers going. I honestly do not see a team, unless they make like a big, huge swing for the, tr- you know, fences type of trade for a Beal or a Harden, you know, someone like that. I don't see the team, any team in the NBA coming close to the Lakers. Like, and, and that's no disrespect to any team. There's some really good teams out there. Philly's really good. I think Brooklyn will eventually be really good. Um, but still, like, <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. We, you know, to, and let me piggyback and, and, and take that ride with you. What do you need in, in a postseason? You need guys that can, you know, can you know, create buckets for themselves, and also you know, open up, open up offense for others. You need guys that are going to defend, and you need guys that are going to play, you know, you know, play like they've been there down the stretch of games. The Lakers are really, really good in all of those categories, man. Like, like ultimately, basketball. 
we can get on here and we can throw numbers out there. We could, and this isn't, a, this is not a knock against like the analytics crowd, but I'm saying I'm using it you know, as an example. We can throw numbers at it. We can throw pretty words at it. It's a really simple game. If you've got two of the best players in the world on your, you know, on your team and you've got guys around them that are willing to contribute and can also go a little bit themselves. And obviously I'm speaking of, you know, Harold and, you know, the intruder and, and THT and, you know, and those guys, then you're just going to, you, you're just going to have so much of an advantage. You go back to the Shaq and Kobe days. A lot of times, like every time it would, you, you, when it would come down to it, I always felt good because it's like, yeah, they got Shaq, they've got Kobe, and they've got these other guys. That's how I feel now. So while yes, there always can be a surprise, and there and and you know to your, you know to the point that you made, there could be a team or several teams that's that look at the Lakers and say, you know what, damn, you know, darn it, we got to go out there, and we got to make, you know, we got to make some deals, and they and and we could have to reassess. But right now, as things are currently constituted, it's there's a reason why it's nice to be a Lakers fan. There's a reason why it feels good because it it everything right now is in order, and you know, a lot, a lot of folks don't are mad about that, and I I don't see any move happening even with a like a huge swing for the fences trade like Built the only the team that would worry me the Built only team that would Built worry me is Harden to the nuggets Ooh. that really? would worry me wait wait, wait. meaning which is a bad man meaning they don't have to give up uh murray or if murray's in that deal even still like that, that, that even pairing. Still, i got you even okay. that, that pairing i think is the only pairing that would come close and i've been on that bandwagon basically since harden became available i'm mm -hmm. like I, I i i don't think the peak of jamal murray will ever get closer how good harden is right now yep and that is worth trading for, in my opinion. Like, sorry, it just is. Like, it, as a small market team, you can't have a top five player, a first ballot Hall of Famer in his prime become available. You don't try and trade for him, and then you complain, oh, yeah, you know, small market teams are disadvantaged. No, you're not. You have the opportunity to trade for said person, trade for him. You know, that, that's my takeaway of it. Uh, honestly, I don't understand why that deal wasn't made yesterday. And I recognize the optics of it. And I recognize that James didn't make it any easier. And to be honest with you, I think the reason why a deal hasn't been made for, you know, by some team is because of the shenanigans. I think if we don't have that, he's already in, you know, he's already in, you know, you know, in, in a new, lo new location, but you know, honestly, that would be a damn good, that would be, excuse me. I, I don't mean to be a, a, keep cussing up your Lakers side chats, but that would be a darn good you know, uh, mix. Oh yeah. Um, the, the only right. other, the only other, Mix it out, and yeah, obviously, I was trying to sneak it in there. Think about Beal with the Nets. I know that a lot of people were talking about Harden going to the Nets. That would have been a terrible deal because, it, like, honestly, those three parts wouldn't fit. But that oh, is the awesome. that's the move that scares me. If the Nets finally, if the Nets ultimately decide, okay, fine, we'll let go of Karis, we'll let go of you know, like you know, these other pieces, and they bring in a guy like that, then I would ultimately get, be concerned if, in fact, they met you know, like in the finals. But in order to get to the finals, you're right. If Harden ends up with you know, with the Nuggets, that's the Western Conference Finals right there. Oh yeah, like. You know, no disrespect to the Clippers. I just think when you pair two top six, top seven players, mm -hmm. we see the results. Like, yep. and Jokic is ridiculous. Like, yes. I, this guy doesn't get his flowers enough, in my opinion. Um, he does. He does on NBA Twitter, but the media still doesn't like have this. Like, the guy is a legit superstar. Like, I, I, I think he's a number one option on the championship team if the championship team's good enough. Like, mm -hmm. I really, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think if, and I, and I know it's easy to, to bring all these ifs and buts in, mm -hmm. if the Lakers weren't as good as they were last year, I think the Nuggets would have won the title. 
Like that's how good I think Nikola Jokic is. Certainly possible. No, like like okay. So if you ask me to close my eyes and, and envision Nikola Jokic holding up an NBA title, NBA trophy, I can do that. Like I mean, the actual exercise of doing it, I can see that. Uh, you know, I can't see that with everybody. I can't see, and it's, and particularly not as the number one option. You know, like of the team, I could mm-hmm. see that with him. Just so happens that it's unfortunate for him. He's playing at the same time because the Lakers got this going on. But man, don't even put that out. Don't even put that out there about that Harden situation. Because to be honest with you, they, no, that, that, they, that, they, they, I'm just kidding. They, they should they they should really be considering that. But but the the, the fact that they're not Jabari frustrates me because. <laughs> You have the opportunity to, like I said, a, a first ballot Hall of Famer in his prime, former league MVP, a dude who nearly averaged 40 in a year. Mm-hmm. I know I know the way Houston played ball last year. I know there's context to everything. James Harden with Nikola Jokic in a pick and roll. Either way, like you could have Nikola, like this is how absurd Nikola Jokic is. You can have him as your pick and roll threat off the dribble as year five. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Close yeah. my mind out, like um, you know, I, you know me. I love talking about the wider NBA as well mm-hmm. as the Lakers. Um, you know, so and obviously, like w- when we talk about the Lakers, we talk about how good they are, and I, and I always feel like it's good to add context around the NBA to see where the other teams are. Yes, but the way teams are constituted, like like bringing it back to my earlier point, I don't see anyone challenging the Lakers, and that's no disrespect to KD or Kyrie. Or Steph, who is now Steph again. You know, it's, it's amazing what happens when you tell Steph to shoot the ball 25 times a game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, guess what? He's still pretty damn good. Back picks for, don't, don't set back picks for Oubre the entire game. Gee. It's amazing. Did you, did, you say, did you see that one play in the first quarter? Like, it, it's been, you know, oh they've been God. circulating where Oubre took his spot in the corner on, on, on a very obvious play. And it's like, bro, what are you doing? What? Um, okay, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say this, and you know, I normally won't do this, but I want, I want my, I, I want some respect from the folks that were in my mentions yelling at me because I would not t- say that Kelly Oubre was a top, you know, young guy up, you know, coming up. In fact, every time we had these conversations, I was always like, I'll be honest, yeah, like, were. yeah, he's athletic, but like, I'm sorry, I, I, I wouldn't, don't see I wouldn't even say just like with you. I'm talking about like across the board all the time. Kelly Oubre is who we thought he was. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's fair. And you, and you know what? Like, I, I, I was wrong about Oubre, and you know me. I'm not. I'm not too like big to admit when I'm wrong and whatnot. Um, I was wrong. I, I thought Oubre would be a lot better than what he is. He's not. Um, and that that play was just ridiculous. Like that was such an obvious play where Curry cuts out. Mm-hmm. Uber is supposed to cut along the baseline to the other corner. Yep. Which then would open up space for Curry in the corner to have a wide open corner free, but apparently not. You know. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, for the record, I was I was totally wrong on Wiggins up until this year, and 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 I'm I'm hoping I'm wrong again. And this is his outbreak here. Because I jumped off the island finally, and, and now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden he's out here trying to swim. And you know what? Like, it would be poetic justice that, you know, that the, the Timberwolves make this big swing for the fences trade. And the best thing they would, could have probably done is just kept Andrew Wiggins. Yikes. <laughs> yikes. Big yikes. Oh, man. By the we way. Need to, we need to go. Go on. Oh, just quickly, by the way, um, I, I predicted a few years ago that, like, like within a few years, Cat would be in South Beach. Uh, I was called an, an a hole. I was called an idiot, and you know that's okay. You know I still love my mom. Um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. 
I still think that's going to happen. But okay. Oh, like, no disrespect to Bam, who I think is a wonderful player. If you get, if you're Miami and you get the opportunity to sort of like do a one for one ish trade for Bam for Cat. No brainer. Like you do that yesterday, like you said about the Harden deal. Like, yep. <laughs> in my opinion, anyway, like Carl Anthony Towns is probably one of the most disrespected players in the NBA. Like, I, but I don't think it's because he's disrespect. I think it's like the KG syndrome. You're in Minnesota. No one cares. <laughs> I also, I also want to see him back with Jimmy, and in particular, coached by Spolstra. And I think you get, oh, the, I think you get the greatest that you can possibly get out of him. Oh, I think it'll be beautiful. I think that's a legit like title team. Like, yep. Legit. Like, you know, as, as much as I love Bam, Cat's <laughs> a different he's different a conversation. Honestly, yeah. And you know, like like you know me, I, I love having these general NBA chats. We need to do one soon. Like okay. just discard the Lakers, just do a whole roundup oh. of the NBA. I'm down. I, I think it'll be great. Because this could go on for like another fifty minutes and <laughs> sports on today and i need to go watch them right. before my blood pressure like kills me <laughs> <laughs> oh, jabari thank you so much for coming on um for people who didn't know seattle's playing later in the playoffs <laughs> in the nfl <laughs> and i'm a huge seahawks fan so obviously i am going to go like sort of get myself mentally prepared for a seahawks playoff game because if you've not watched it if you don't watch the Seahawks play in the playoffs, it's a hell of a roller coaster every single time. There's no there's no regular game for the Seahawks. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, Jabari, thank you for so much for coming on. Where can the people find you and all your great work? Absolutely my pleasure, Alan. I appreciate that you had me on, I don't know, a dozen times it seems like. Good luck to your squad. Great. Good luck to your squad. I hope they, you know, I hope they you. can be successful. Uh I'm I'm simple on Twitter, Jabari Davis NBA. Uh, Dunks and Discourse podcast is dope. My guy Josh Everly is a very fun follow. You'll love and hate him at different times, but it's always yep. it's always in, it's always in good fun. Yeah, like like I, I do want to add that disclaimer. Josh is very passionate about what he believes in, mm-hmm. but not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. <laughs> not in a malicious way. He, he he means no malice. Exactly. There's no malice intended there with his beliefs. He's sometimes wrong, like the all of us. Like, like, like I was wrong about killing you, Bray. Hey, I've, <laughs> hey, I've been wrong a dozen times in the last like, <laughs> day. It happens. Oh, man. Yeah, so you can follow me at AlanRamit03 as always. Um, make sure you go listen to Dunks and Discourse. It is dope. I will co-sign. Um, be sure to give both podcasts a five-star review. Yep. Stay safe. We're still in a pandemic. Please don't go be looting government buildings anywhere in the world, guys. (laughs) Take care.